Welcome, everybody. You are live in Reject City, USA. Today, we're going to have the main event of Tony the Kid, and he's challenging director RJ to his decisions, <laughs> of his decisive words, and what is going on today, and let's talk about it. Today's episode is called The Big Ending. The Big Ending, that's right. Today's episode is based on Big E's finisher, The Big Ending. And to host this show is no other than our best host in the world, the man with a plan, the voice of Chicago. Um, I got nothing else to say. Tony the Kid. <laughs> well, yes, thank you. Thank you very much, you guys, for joining us. And thank you, Director RJ, for that wonderful, wonderful intro. It's awesome to have a good one set up for our nice wrestling chit-chat talk. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> it's pretty dope. I'm straight down for it, man. You can't, you can't have uh, just a regular opening. If right. you have wrestling, you got to go out there and give it all because that's what wrestling is, is all about. That's true. It all. That is true. All right, Director RJ, let's get to the wrestling talk. You guys, as we said, it is about the big ending, of course. Now, this is going to be leading up to, you know, Big E winning the title. But until then, we got a couple stuff to talk about. So, first things first on the schedule. Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega have had, or if anything, one of the best opening matches in recent years. Let's talk about it. Director RJ, what do you think? That was a good match, though. I'll tell you that. It was phenomenal. I, I saw highlights. I haven't seen the full team, but I saw highlights of what these two guys did. Yep. Dude, they just put wrestling. I hate to say it this way, but even the wrestling is on the map. These mm -hmm. two put uh, opening matches on the map. Yeah. It's true. I think. <clears throat> Sorry, I would have to say the same thing. For me, now, I watched the highlights itself, too. But, I mean, the amount of, the aspect of these two icons at the moment right now, current icons, are going head-to-head, -head, not a main event, it's the event at the moment that's happening beginning of the show. We rare, rarely see that, and for this type of match to last, I think maybe a half hour, if I'm not mistaken, it lasted, and it was just non-stop, like as if it was a pay-per-view event. And non-stop action. Non-stop action. Nothing but highlights. And it was even that that better to feel the fans excited again. Seeing matches like this come about. And everyone is just was, was into the match. They were into it. And it goes to show where the fluctuation of AEW going up and WWE going down. Am I right? That's totally Think of one thing I love about this is AEW, uh, what what they did right here with the opening, it tells you that, you know, uh, wrestling is more important than just getting people into the game. You don't want just people to get in the game. No, you want people at home to be at the edge of their seats. Like, this is just the opening match. I wonder what the next match is going to be like. Exactly. And you know you can't top it no more. If an opening match is that good, dude, the rest of the night, everyone's going to try to top what they just watch and you you know you just told everybody here's what we did let's see what you can do exactly and uh, what what leads to that and what made let's put it this way the, the main thing that we all love about wrestling errors is especially the main error that really happened the most that was so exciting for us fans was the fact that it was the attitude error which also led the WWC WCW era where the competition was about the matches. The competition was about the gimmicks, the, the people, the, the actual wrestler giving 
the fans within the wrestling ring something to cheer about. Not not the freaking soap opera stuff. It was the wrestling that got you excited. The little small dialogue that led to what the match is going to be about for the fans. And what was the purpose of them having a match. That dialogue, that small little one, you know what I mean, one spit here and there, was what fans, us wrestling fans, so excited to watch every Monday night. Am I right? I mean, that's that's the best thing in the world. And for this to get started for AEW, but at that, it's showing the, the other wrestlers out there that, look, how are we going to top it off, like you said, Director RJ? What are you going to do? What are you and your opponent, which in the backstage we all know, what are you guys going to talk about to sit there and say, let's do this, let's try this. Now this opens that up where the competition is where... It's at. It's where it should be at. The competition. We're going to have a better match than you. Let's shine you out. Yes, it's a regular match, but what can we do in this regular exhibition type of match that will, you know, wow the fans? Can we jump off the ring? Can we dive through the ropes? Can we, you know, have a little, you know, maybe a little cheerful back and forth in the wrestling ring? Can we get some hand claps? Can we get some involvement for the fans? Like, like Daniel Bryan does, Bri- Danielson, sorry, Bryan Danielson now, um, where he does his, you know, his kicks, you know what I mean? That intrigues yeah. the fans, right? That draws them in to be part of the match. And then all of a sudden it goes, you know what I mean? Like, can we get stuff like that again? And I think we can. I think AEW has the right idea where it's going to set to that. Where also I feel like, too, on the other end, where WWE is going to be stubborn-headed, of course, and just keep up with the soap opera stuff and basically try to make superstars and movie stars or whatever. And that's not the case. No more. No one wants to see that no more. We want to see the wrestling. So I think, I think that's the just, what do you think? I agree. I think we're, uh, we're in a new era where family, we're looking at, you know, it's the work part. Yeah. Um, if you look at, uh, Danielson and Omega, you're looking at the old days of Benoit versus Kurt Angle. You're looking at uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Kurt Angle or Eddie versus Ray. Right. You're looking at the cruiserweights in a main event picture where they belong. Yes. Exactly. And over here in WWE, uh, they don't believe in that, you know. And now you see the difference between how if you let the guys know how to put on a match, put on a match, they're going to steal the entire show. Facts. That's what I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. It's gonna steal the show. It's gonna shine it out, and at that, it's just you know, it's setting it up for even better. It's setting up for success. This is what we've all been talking about here on on the podcast about WWE itself and where they need to get back into to draw in the fans. You know, you need to draw them in. We're tired of the soap opera stuff. We're sick of the, you know, the. The pushing of a wrestler who really doesn't deserve the spot at the moment. That didn't put in the grind that you know that they didn't do. And what are they doing in the backstage? Buttering up? the Buttering them up a little bit and just pushing us, like pushing them out there? Like, no. We want the right wrestler that gives us the show. And we've been saying that for years with Daniel Bryan. We've been saying that for years for people like, uh, what? who's out there on WD right now? Um, who's wrestling... Um, What's it called? Uh, Roman Reigns right now. What's his name? I forgot. I'm drawing blank right now. Um, 
Finn Finn Balor. There you go. Finn Balor. People like that. People like Cesaro. People like 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 recently Big E. People like a keep a Kofi Kingston. Say it again. Kevin Owens. Yes, even Kevin Owens. Like basically, let's put it this way: every single person that came up through the NXT you know spot that Triple H. When he got with them and worked with them and understood that the, the aspect of the wrestling is the most important thing and where people drew the most, but then once they get over to WWE and they started doing all this soap opera stuff, that's not what we want. That's not what they're best at. They're not good at that. We know that. We don't want that. We want the wrestling. We want the entertainment within the match. And it just, you know, it, it just goes to show where... The failure of WWE is happening as we speak. So, I, I I don't know, man. It's I'm really I'm scared because I doubt that they're gonna last. I really do. With matches like this, this just hype hypens the competition. And yes, I hope for WWE to step up and take the challenge. But then again, I, I'm afraid that stubborn-headed Vince is gonna you know stay his mindset on one thing and let it go. Because as we see. NXT did the whole 2.0, and that doesn't even look any better at all whatsoever. No, at all. Like, it's SmackDown 2.0 in a way. Yes, it looks like SmackDown 2.0. Actually, Raw 2.0. Or, Smackdown is or Velocity. Or Velocity. velocity. Yeah. Like, like new Velocity. Or, yeah, when they did Heat. When they had Heat on there. Like, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't mesh. It's not good for the fans. The fans don't want it. And, you know, it just, it's bad. It's bad, man. It's bad for business. And it's bad news for, you know, WWE, let's just say the least. So, horrible. Oh, oh my gosh. All right, guys. Well, let's move along to the next question at hand, everybody. We got Bray Wyatt is rumored to debut in AEW once his no-compete clause is up. Let's talk about it, Director RJ. What do you think about that, man? Uh, We've been saying it for a while now. We've been waiting for it for a while. Facts. They, they still have that one uh, team, the Dark Order. So, and that team, I think the original leader was, uh, you know, rest in peace, Luke Harper. Who mm-hmm. I forgot his uh, AEW name was. But um, imagine if Bray Wyatt shows up to like take over that group. One. So let me ask you one more time because I think you're stuck trying to imagine it right now. Imagine if Bray White became the new leader of uh, the new uh, the Dark Order. Oh. What? Huh? Right? Uh, what do you mean? Okay. You know how Luke <laughs> Harper was the leader of the Dark Order, the original leader? Yes. Okay. That was a group that he had in AEW. Right, and right. Bray Wyatt shows up to take over. Like, you know, you guys need somebody. I, I knew the original leader. I'm here to help y'all out. Hmm. Time to come out of the shadows, you know. Time to rebuild. You know what? That I would say that would make sense, to be honest. And I think knowing knowing um, knowing AEW, they would play into the role like that. They would definitely play into it where they they would bring it up and in, in uh, how, how do you want to say this? Like um, kind of like how Hugh Hefner did for Playboy, where he would say tasteful way. You know, I'm gonna borrow that slogan, Hugh Hefner. I apologize, but I'm gonna borrow that man in a very tasteful way. He would know how to. They would know how to put that out there, and I think uh, having that energy out there would be nice to say the least. I, especially for 
you know, De uh, I want to say Daniel Bryan, but especially for Bray Wyatt to finally open his open the door to AEW and coming out like that, and I think that would be the first step to acknowledge, especially because eventually we all know he's going to. But I think from the Jump Street, that would be it. He would want to acknowledge it firsthand right off the bat. So I remember now, Luke Harper's AEW name was Brody Lee. Brody Lee, yes, that sounds about right. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking about I was thinking about that a minute ago. That's why I threw a blank there. <laughs> I was thinking about it too. I remember like he had a different name. Yeah. I believe the same thing might happen with Bray Wyatt, so I don't think he'll pre call Bray Wyatt. He might be called something else though, but Bray might still be around because I think he could still keep the first name unless Bray worked the contracting with WWE where kinda of like Hogan and Bret Hart and all of them he cut that you know, he keep the name that he had. Right. Exactly. So it's, I mean, I would like to see it. it I, we all seen these type of wrestlers that we know, like this, Bray Wyatt is the perfect example. We've been wanting him to be acknowledged in WWE where they were kind of pushing him to the route of being the next monster of WWE besides since Undertaker was leaving. But for some odd reason, they would always give him this redunculate, like they get, he, he created great gimmicks created he created these gimmicks and he outshined every single person it was terrifying it was creepy it was so oriented in the thought process of the creation but for some reason it, it just became vince's you know stigma where he just wanted to stick it to bray and say nah you're really not ready you think you are but you're not you know and it it sucks, man. Especially for Bray Wyatt, it sucks. But being in a company like like AEW, where everyone wants to go, I think this is where it's gonna be even better. You can see, I could definitely see a match between him and uh, what's his new name, Tommy End, Tommy End, Matt McAllister Black, or whatever. Let it be their very first opponents with each other. Where who's the better evil? You know what I mean? Who's the more scariest, the creepiest part? Who's that guy? And I think both of them were going to outshine each other where it's going to be even better. Am I right? Yeah, you're actually right. Also, another guy that I would like to see him work a program with because of Sting being involved mm -hmm. would be Darby Allen. Darby Allen, too. Yeah, exactly. He did really well with CM Punk. And then, you know, there's so many openings now for Bray Wyatt and AEW. You have... Uh, not just Darby Allen, but you have CM Punk himself being out there. Imagine the promos between those two guys. Right. So you have you have a pretty good list of people that Bray can actually just compete with. Um, there's so many big dudes also, but even the small guys, Bray knows how to work around them. Yes. Uh, the one thing I'm trying to figure out is, are we going to get a theme-like character or whatever, or is he coming out with something new? Because Bray is kind of like Jericho. He could reinvent himself and need it. Exactly. As needed. He can reinvent himself and at that make it work. So that's the crazy creativity that this guy has. And obviously I know I doubt that his name is gonna be Bray Wyatt when he steps in the you know, in AEW. It's gonna be tweaked on around. But again, this even makes it even better for the for wrestling at that because now he gets another chance at another gimmick and guess what? This gimmick is gonna be just as much better as the other ones. If not going forward, the best because now he's going to have that creative control. Now he's going to be able to give 
a better outcome. And, you know, he knows what's, of course, best for business as far as, you know, who wins, who loses type of thing. But at least this way he understands and says, look, we're going to have maybe a three trilogy type of fight. Right now, this, you know, in this showing, you're going to, I'm going to win, you know, of course. The next one, you're going to get your redemption. The next one, you know, we'll kind of see how the fans are feeding the opportunity and between each other to see where we're at. But at least this way, the third fight, we can leave a question mark, you or me, depending on how that outcome is. And that even makes it more better, right? Yeah, it does. And that's the one thing about it is the fact that if he gets creative control, dude, this is going to be crazy to watch. Yes. Because everything that he can do... Like, how do you say it? The circle he's about to have right now is going to expand like crazy. Yes. Because they're going to let him loose. Right. So that's something you've been wanting for Bray to do is let the monster loose. Exactly. Big time. They've been wanting to. And it's needed. It's necessary. And for him, it's... it, it for Exactly. For him, it's necessary. For him, it was definitely necessary because it's like, if you're the new monster guy... Then let him lose. Let him be evil. Let him do as much as he can to creep out the fans, creep out the, you know, creep out the wrestler at, at hand. That's he's going his opponent. If you can't literally let him be that, then what's the point? Then what was the point of you, like, what's the point of you keeping him? That's one thing in my mind. That's just one thing in my mind. If you're not gonna be able to, you know, let go of your own freaking, uh, how, how do you want to say, like, ego. Then how are you going to be able to be successful for the other? Let them be successful for your industry. That's my thing, especially with Vince. How are you going to have this big ass ego and not be able to think thoroughly like you did before when the attitude era came? Where we're going to make this in my mind. You from from get go, you've always been seen as the big tycoon of the guy that I changed the company for the better, right? You know, I went, I went mainstream for us, for the industry, and save wrestling. Okay, good. You did it for the greater good, right? Then Attitude Era. Again, you turned it around and did it for the greater good. You let go of your ego knowing that no more of this dentist style of e- like gimmicks are out there. No more like cartoon characters like that. Now you need to get real. Now you need to be serious. Bet. So you let that go, turn it into that, and look how successful you were. Then, now everyone started to kind of, all the Attitude guys started to kind of flourish away. Now you want to change it again. Let's revamp ourselves. Let's give us now the ruthless aggression era, right? And again, you let let them be their character, but at that, give them that realism to the fans, and now, all of a sudden, now you're reverting back to the gimmicks again. You're reverting back to that. Where it's, no, man. You have this big ego now that, for some reason, you def, it's like a big wall now. Like, you knew you messed up, and now you just can't face facts and say, I messed up. So now I got I to, gotta, you know, bite the bullet. No, you don't want to do it. You just want to keep now, now that you're old, you just want to be this big, pig-headed, stubbornness guy. And just keep moving forward with that. And it's it's going to make you fail, man. You're going to lose money just like you lost on XFL. It's not going to be good. Not going to be good. Mm, not, not at all. Because one thing is for sure is uh, AEW just proved to you the one important thing that we want. And it's not 
for one guy to be the big dog of the whole yard all the day. There you go. Or for, uh, you know, we don't want just one guy um, controlling the whole show. We want to see other people out there. We want involvement of others. There you go. What made the attitude ever so successful? Same thing with ruthless aggression. Right. If you count the people that were in the main event in those years, I mean, okay, let's look at Attitude I said it before. You had The Rock, right. Triple H, mm-hmm. um, Shawn Michaels before you know the end of it, Bret Hart at the beginning, uh, like Bret Hart at the beginning stages, and Shawn Michaels. They're the two both in the beginning stages of it. Then you had Austin, The Rock, Triple H. Undertaker, McFoley, right, uh, Big Show. So you right. had those eight guys, even Kurt Angle. Right, so you had like nine guys closing out main event after main event. Yes, they were just circulating them around each other. So right, it was never the same. It was never the same guy. Yeah, exactly. And now with the question comes in, for your main event guys, we have Big Show, JBL, Undertaker, Kurt Angle, John Cena, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Rey Mysterio. Um, Batista, Triple H, Randy Orton, and the list goes on. Brock Lesnar, you know, the list kept going, but at least he had a circle of main eventers all around it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, at least you had that where you can, you know, move them around, move the pieces. And for some reason, even when they did it, when they, when NXT grew and it became this now. When at that moment when it became this new cool thing for everybody, it just opened the door in my mind. When when I heard that it happened, it opened my mind to the idea of like you see what I mean. Now you're gonna have so many wrestlers. Okay, great. You're gonna have this three hour thing on Monday Night Raw. You just bumped up on time. Now you have all these wrestlers where you're gonna have so much potential to put on even better matches where. You're really the competition in, in the industry isn't gonna even compare to what you're doing because you're gonna have so many great matches. But for some reason, you filled in the void of that time frame to do a soap opera. And where that's where you failed. That's where you failed. You had the chance, you had the opportunity, and you dropped the ball. And you're you're continuing to just go down in a spiral motion. And it's not going to get any better. And especially when you put Bray Wyatt. Like, here's my thing. You put Bray Wyatt finally at champion. We said, great, awesome. At, what was it? Uh, Elimination Chamber when he first won. Am I right? The first time, yeah. And then he lost it to Goldberg. Oh, real. There you go. You see what I mean? You got this Elimination Chamber win. You got him finally the championship because everyone was craving the win for so long. The Fiend was even more biological than anything. You finally got him that. Now, all of a sudden, you make him go against Goldberg, and you decide to give it to Goldberg? Like, who does that? And why would oh, you... Wait, I'm sorry. The first time he went to it, he loses at WrestleMania. They gave him WrestleMania match against Randy Orton, which was kind of like... In my book, that should have main evented that year, because Bray Wyatt was like a big thing going on. He wasn't yeah. even the theme. Right. And him and Orton had a really good storyline that year. Yes. And I forgot who... I think they went with uh, Taker against Roman Reigns, which nobody really asked for. And at that, he was a, he was like at that point, Taker should have left after that. But yeah. Yeah, me too. I agree. He should have, but I'm happy he came in. Right. Lost the you know, he lost the forward Cena, so I was happy with that. <laughs> um, and or did the AJ one? 
Yeah, or he couldn't. The AJ one was, I think, made it even all better because that opened the door for both of us to be like, oh, there you go. You can do the Sting match finally. No, there you go again, dropping the ball. Vince said he wants to have Sting do his match. That's the one thing that angered me the most is that, dude, you have a dream match that people have been waiting for. Exactly. You have a cinema style match now that people could would love because it would be taking Sting in this type of dark battlefield. Exactly. And all of a sudden, it's like, no, we're not going to let Sting wrestle no more. He hurt himself. You know, Vince has always been very, like, protective about that. He hurt himself. We don't want him to hurt himself more. And it's not that. It's just you don't want to put Sting in a situation where he loses again because you already made him lose Triple H. But even at that, I think even then, Sting didn't care. He didn't care who won or lost. I, if I, like, let's be honest. Sting want Sting just wanted to put on the match. He finally wanted to give the fans itself because he knew it was going to be buku money to just do this match. Whoever won, who cares? I'm gonna. It doesn't matter if I lose again. I'm all, I'm already like one foot out the door. I just want to finally get this match with you. That's it. And if depending how great it is, then it opens up the door for bigger business. Let's just give it a shot. You know what I mean? Let's just give it out there. But no, no, it doesn't happen. Didn't happen. So, you know, Sasuke, fine. Bye. See you later. And, you know, Sting doesn't need that match. I mean, yes, he's, he wanted it because it was something. It's kind of like, that's what I like about Sting. One thing I like about Sting, Shawn Michaels, uh, Brad Hart, uh, Brian, Brian Danielson, Steve Punk. It's not about being rich and famous and making you know, just being known, like, oh, this is my name, I'm the, you know, I'm the superstar now. No. These guys have passion. Yeah. Things like, you know, fans want to see it, I want to do it because fans want to see it. Yeah. That seems mine. It's not all about me, it's about what the fans want. Yeah. No, I agree. And when, yeah, and that's one thing, like, when he doesn't get that, where does he go to AEW to show Vince that, hey, I can still go. Yeah, exactly. I can still put on the show. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, okay, you might not get Undertaker, but now you got King and Punk probably going on later on. Right, exactly. So it's just, I don't know, man. It just, it's horrible. It's just bad, man. It's just bad. I think it's just, ugh, I don't know. It gives me a headache just thinking about it because I'm tired of, I'm sick of it because WWE has been so good with with the success. And I feel better bad, especially for the superstars. That this was the ideal place to be at. It's like NFL for you know for football people. You go through high school, you go through college, you find you go to Canada sometimes. You do you know overseas, and and all of a sudden you're, you're aiming for NFL. When you finally get there, it's success, and who you know it's all based on you how well you do. But that's how the idea was for WWE at that moment, and especially wrestlers like Bray Wyatt and you know. Uh, Finn Balor, the guys that came from overseas or came from the past for past wrestlers. Now you're growing you know, as a kid, you know, being the a son of a wrestler who followed the company. Now this was your dream. You finally like, man, I want to be just like my dad. I want to go out there and I want to go to WWE where my dad was and be even more successful and be on that level. You know what I mean? And and then all of a sudden you get to it and you're you're being shoved down the wrong freaking tube. And at that, you're being shoved down, just deep down to where you don't want to be successful. 
You're going to have so many mental issues and all this anxiety and worry. Like, then you fall into depression. You fall into alcoholism, using drugs. And, like, all of that, like, you're being pushed down. It's not based on, no more on based on your success like you did, like it was with the Bret Hart, with the Stone Cold, with the Rock, with, you know, Triple H, with the Shawn Michaels, Undertaker himself, Kane, Big Show, all that era, Sting, Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, all those style of wrestlers. It's no more based, especially of all people, Ric Flair, you know, you know, bad news, but, you know, if anything, of all wrestlers, Randy the same Savage. thing. Randy Savage. You know what I mean? Much, like, just uh, that path. Exactly. It's like you already have that gut instinct. Like he's not. They're not gonna do nothing with him. Like you know. What I mean? Like it's just sad to say that you already pre predetermined the match before he even got started, and that's the problem. It shouldn't. Have, it was never like that. And it's not. And it's not social media's fault at that. It's in this instinct with wrestling. It's not social media's fault for this type of guessing game. It's not at all. In this particular instinct. It's just we know where his mind is at. He's predictable. Very predictable. And the worst part is when he tries to be unpredictable, like, okay, he just put, you know, what we're about to talk about later on. But right. He just did that, you know. And he did that because that was his answer to AEW. And I'm like, you know, everything he did at SummerSlam was also his answer to just CM Punk showing up. Right. He had all these people show up at SummerSlam because it's like, oh, CM Punk just showed up, you know? Exactly. Now you have Brian Danielson showing up. Yes. And you have uh, Adam Cole. Right. Adam Cole was in NXT for such a long time. When he switched to AEW, look where he's at now, you know? They're having fun over there. Exactly. And Vince is trying to, like, oh, let me just feed you chips while these guys are feeding you burgers, you know? Yes. There you go. That's the just. You know what I mean? Like, they're having gourmet meals on AEW right now. With, and here's my thing too. You gotta understand. You gotta understand some guys that we all know. Freaking Vince loves loves himself a six four, three hundred fifty pound type of dude, full of muscle. Maybe even 
Big Show style. You know what I mean? Big guy like that. He loves his freaking behemoths of freaking type of guys. He loves those guys. He wants those guys. Those are his imaginable type of date at night. Let's put it that way. Okay? And for you to get all these smaller guys like Adam Cole, who's probably six foot, but looks so small on the screen, but even then... So fast and speedy, could go through the ropes and all that type of stuff. Same thing with Daniel Bryan. Same thing with Kenny Omega. Same thing with Nakamura. Same thing with freaking Kevin Owens. Same thing with Sami Zayn. All these, you know, outskirts type of wrestlers who aren't in size, not ideal to his mindset, but no, regardless, twice as better as the guy that you're choosing in the ring. So why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you go with that? And for wrestlers like Bray Wyatt, since the topic is on hand, wrestlers like Bray Wyatt, he he's not that he's not big, big. He's not small, small, but he's big enough to give you that image of I'm a husky guy. But guess what? My my in ring performance is freaking second to none. I'm just as fast. I can be creative in the ring, and you know. I can pull out moves out of nowhere like anybody else. So, why would you not pick that guy? Yeah, another thing about that, though. I mean, a lot of the biggest argument was, oh, merchandise, you know. I heard, like, I'm thinking, oh, really? Well, Bray Wyatt was outperforming everybody there in merchandise sales. Yeah. So, how is it that you're going to... Give us that excuse. You know, even as a team, how are you going to have them come up becomes his world champion and then once he loses to Goldberg everything goes down to hell for him right so in my mind I was like dude you pretty much bury potential way before it could become you know uh, each time that it becomes potential you keep burying it yeah each time that you see something good probably because he didn't create it you know probably it's because since he didn't make it he didn't create it right probably that's the reason why he's burying this thing but like dude instead of you know it's in your company make it you know force it put water in it let it grow like a freaking tree exactly no yes agree do that you know and it's crazy so go ahead nowadays man I'm, i hate to drop you but nowadays think of it when was the last time you had Ricochet have a hell of a match like he did in NXT? Exactly. Exactly. Agreed. It's not... The same thing with Bray Wyatt, you know? When was the last time Bray Wyatt had a good storyline where, you know, where it wasn't catered to another guy just for him to lose to later on? Right. There you go. And that's that's the problem. So, uh, leads to the next topic at hand. Director RJ? Yeah. Which leads to this, man. Big E is our new WWE champion. Now, yes, I'm excited for Big E for you to get this, you know, chance. Congratulations. If all in all, people, you were the next person who deserved to get a title shot. You're in the midst of guys like Cesaro, Nakamura, Finn Balor to finally get a title on on your on your waist and finally show you know, for at least a decent amount of time, why you are worthy of a world championship, you know, card, okay? Storylines. But for this instinct right now, how things happen now, it sucks that the way you were 
pushed into this predicament. And the way this happened, because like Director Arch said a little while ago, it's predictable. Very predictable. As soon as you go out on social media and say, I'm cashing in the money in the bank, which no one ever did. No one ever did. Sorry, I was going to say done. But no one ever did before. But you do it after the AEW events. So it's we already knew why you were doing it. You were setting it up for because of what just what you saw. So now this happens and you finally make him win on the Monday night. And all because, yes, it's going to be you know a fan favorite thing because people want to see that. But if AEW didn't do what they did the weekend before, do you really think that Big E would have got that opportunity, Director RJ? No, no, honestly, I think uh, from what I read before is that that wasn't even his, uh, he wasn't supposed to cash in yet. At all. I don't think he was supposed to cash you in know. either. And the weird part is, they made him win the belt because Brian, Daniel Brianson, uh, Brian Danielson, sorry, uh, Danielson and Cole, and not just those two, but even Ruby Riot show up. Dude, yeah. they pretty much played WWE's card over WWE. How WWE had uh, Brock Lesnar, Becky Lynch right. uh, show up on SummerSlam. Right. He's like, here, we'll do the same thing. We'll just add one more to it. Yeah, exactly. I knew Adam Cole was going to show up. And even that Asian guy that fought, um, that GCW wrestler that fought against, um, what's his face? John Dean Moxley. Ambrose. Yeah, John Moxley. So, Dude, who, who thought that he would go in it, there? There you go, exactly. I, I didn't even know who he was until he looked him up. But who's this guy? Then you look him up, he's a big freaking deal in that world. So it's mm-hmm. like, come on now. Four people in one night? Like, that's even... he They outdid you in an even better way. Because the wrestlers that came out and did it, they're being pushed in a storyline automatically. An automatic storyline that fits. And you know what's funny about it, now that I think of it? Alright, think of the scenario, okay? SummerSlam. Right. Roman Reigns, at the end of his match, starts talking trash about how no one can beat him, he's unstoppable, remember? Right. Okay. Brock Lesnar shows up, everyone goes crazy. A few weeks later, Kenny Omega just beat Christian for the belt. He, you know, he keeps his belt. Kenny Omega does the same type of speech. And everyone's like, oh, okay, here comes Daniel Bryan. Who shows up? Adam Cole. A big swerve on everybody. Mm-hmm. And then Bryan shows up, you know. Then Danielson finally shows up. Dude, can you believe how AEW did what WWE did? Yep. But times two. Exactly. Exactly. It's amazing, to say the least, that, yes, I'm glad that you're watching, but I'm also glad that, that you're showing out, man. You're you're using the competition correctly. So. And the weird thing is that they're just, you know, what they AEW did to WWE is like they're making fun of their product. Yep. Without having to, it's like they're throwing hints of, uh, they're throwing shade at them without having to even let anyone know that they are. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's the best part because you're not. You're not calling out names. You're not calling out all them over there, necessarily, at least when they come out. But to say the least that you're doing it in that fashion just goes to show where your mindset is 
pertaining to greatness, wanting to be the better, wanting to, you know, be the best one and be on top. And this is that reason why that you're succeeding at. And it's even better. It's totally even better. Totally better. And the way I see it, Director RJ in this in this instinct right now is the fact that WWE is in big trouble. Because, like we said before, what made WCW fail between the competition, it wasn't the product. It wasn't what wrestlers they had. It was the fact that they gave permission to the wrestlers of saying, this is I'm creative control. This is best for business. Their egos and the money got into the brain cells too fast. But what's different now in this game is that the reason why all these guys are on AEW is to do better against you. But at that, be successful for the company and more so for the fans. It's the fans I want to do this for. It's not for me. It's not more money in my pocket. Yes, that's what makes it better. But because these wrestlers came from that type of background where I was that fan. I was that fan watching the Attitude Era. And I didn't like how they chose to do this. So guess what? I'm going to come out and I want to be even better. So that's the dangerous part, man. That is the total dangerous part for WWE with this competition. They're going to lose in this. No lie. Just saying. And I was about to say, dude, I would have saved Big E's cash in, kept it quiet, and done it like remember how I said he's gonna cash in at the rumble? Right. I was hoping they would have done it during the like a major pay per view. Nobody would have known it. Right. Have uh, Bobby Lashley or even Roman like one of them to take a beating. Come out winning the match though. Yeah. They're just tired because of what happened. Right. Who comes out cashes in. Yep. Or uh, if you want to make it even more important, just have Biggie say, "Hey." I'm cashing in for the next pay-per-view. I want to one-on-one. Right. It would have been even more big because the only one that has done it in my books is, uh, there's, I believe, three people I've done it. It would be uh, Damian Sandow, who lost, Sean Cena, who lost, uh-huh. and Rob Van Dam, who won. Yeah. Right. So the only guys who ever cashed in, but cashed in for a match, not just during a match. Right. Exactly. He could have been in the light of it, you know. You not only would be the third, um, you know, it wouldn't be. Yeah, he'd be like the fourth guy to cash in. Yep. So he'd be the second one to win it. Right. Exactly. So he would still be in the books, and at that, still be part of you know being the top African American wrestlers to have a title, within the likes of um, who they have on there. It's him, Kofi. The Rock and Bobby Lashley, exactly. Come on, man. What greater what greater group to be in? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're in that now, yes. But it just would have added a layer of the cake onto this situation. You know? If it would have been done with more, uh, how you say it? If it would have been done properly. Uh-huh. Exactly. It would have made more sense, you know? Now, everyone's like, oh, well, this is just because they was trying to sell whatever they can to see if they could stick to ratings because... Predicted that, and that's the bad problem. So, yeah, uh, not good looking good, man. Not looking good for WWE at all, whatsoever. But again, 
But regardless, congratulations to you, Big E. I'm glad that you have the title. I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for you not receiving the title. I wouldn't change it for not letting you win for the title, of course. I'm just sad that it happened to be in this predicament. And it sucks that you were kind of thrust into the situation. I put it at that. And I feel bad for you on that note. But I'm happy that you have it. I hope I hope that you have it for a while. And you know, the sky's the limit. You know what I mean? You're a great performer. You have great charisma behind the mic. You're awesome in the soap opera scenes. Like, you're just as entertaining behind there, too, as well. And it's great. You have great chemistry with the peers, you with your peers behind in the locker room. So why not have you be successful? Why not let you hold on to the title for a good minute and maybe have some great matches with, with, with Bobby Lashley? I, I think that was a good match, to be honest, though. No lie. I, I saw the highlights on that one, and I thought that was pretty of a decent match that they put on for each other. So this could, yeah. So this could this could lead into a nice little trilogy type of fight, wrestling matches. It could lead into a good big, you know, um, dialogue with each other, and like heel wise. It just, I think, it just needs to be catered to a little bit better. So, <sighs> hope the team could do better for you. But uh, you know, I'm I'm just worried. I'm just worried about you, man. I'm worried a lot. So we'll see. But, um, all right, guys. Well, I think that's all for the topics today, Director RJ. And then we reached our three questions that lasted us a good 40 minutes. I think in total, just chit-chatting. But, you know, when we talk about it, we talk about it. And it, it's a good conversation. I think for us being wrestling fans, is a great conversation, to say the least, with these three topics. And going forward, you know, for both of us, it, it, the sky's the limit for wrestling. But we'll go from there. Am I right? All right, very good, guys. Well, this is me, Tony the Kid, and want to thank you for coming on the show today and listen to the podcast. Of course, make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, RejectRunout.com. Look us up on YouTube as well, Apple Podcasts. We are on board there. Okay, and as always, this is me signing off, Director RJ as well. Thank you for joining, Director RJ. You are welcome, and thank y'all for listening to us, Rejects. Yes, indeed. This is, like I said before, let's talk about it. The beginning. Oh, oh, the beginning. I added the beginning. My bad. I put the. So I think it's I think it's entitlement for a good the beginning. <laughs> so otherwise, thank you guys for sure. Welcome again, and we will talk to y'all later. No, I didn't do it right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna edit that. One. Well, thank you for joining us today. This is Let's Talk About It, the big ending again. Signing off with you guys tonight. You guys have a good night. See you later.